I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. novices and dedicates. I know I usually do the obscenity warning, but I thought I'd let Indy do it this week. Be warned, there is some uh, there is some comments that you might be worried about. Do not listen around small children or the elderly. <laughs> Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're talking about Chapter 5 of Triss's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's meet the family. Okie dokie. So in this chapter, it starts with Rose Thorne teaching Triss how to take care of the bird. And then she's like, okay, you've got that. Bye. I got shit to do. Here, Briar, shred this bark. And then Chris is like, well, why are you shedding that bark? You want to learn how to read? Yeah, I got to go to multitask. So first she teaches him to dust, then she teaches him to read. Making him civilized. Who needs to learn how to be civilized more, do you think? Briar or Sandry? Briar, because Sandry knows. She just chooses not to. Exactly. She's like Toph from Avatar. And then Sandry's uncle comes to visit her real quick while he's there to visit with Moonstream about the watchtowers being blown up. Sandry is absolutely killing the bandage. They're novices with her magic. But yeah, her uncle shows up, decides to say hello. Basically tells her her parents were uh, pieces of shit and that she (laughs) was a lot better than they ever were. She she makes up for their shortcomings, I, I think was the... Yeah. I think that's what he was trying to... Uh, well, yeah, but, like... He doesn't beat around the book. He, he is very direct about that. <clears throat> and then he also tells her about pirates being seen. I guess there's a woman that is collecting people to her little pirate fleet. Queen Pao Pauha? And she has a brother that is a mage that went to school with Nico. The pirate queen actually reminds me a little bit of Ching Shi. That's kind of what she did. She sort of united a whole bunch of pirate fleets into one giant fleet. And then they're all at dinner. Nico, and that someone happens to be Tristy's cousin. How do you say his name? I always assumed it was Amory. 
Avery tells Trist after he said talking to Nico that she should go back to see her family because her father is dying. As I recall, Trist isn't really having any of it. No. She almost causes a whirlwind inside the building, but both Nico and Briar are like, you know, calm down. And her cousin's like, what the fuck's going on? And she's pretending like she doesn't know, but everybody knows what's going on, that she almost lost her shit. And I think that was it for this chapter, basically. All the stuff in the seating room exploded, so they can't see the future now, which was a big enough deal to have Nico just dip. He just left. He's like, what? Oh, my God. So it's a pretty important thing, I guess, for a magical academy to be able to see into the future. Having it all be destroyed, not via the earthquake, but it's destroyed now is kind of a Especially kind of telling. Nico used that in the last book to be able to know that the earthquake was coming. The pirates were obviously probably involved in this, and they destroyed all that. And they're like, oh, they have that Nico guy there. We don't want him to know that we're coming, so let's destroy all that shit so they don't know that we're coming. I've got a feeling that it's probably the dude that Briar saw that was invisible sneaking around. Which I have more predictions about that, too. <laughs> I think it's Amory. That's Me, too. Yeah. It's him. Yeah, I feel like jumping right into this, but yeah, I think he probably had something to do with it. Yeah. Because in chapter two, Trist hears a voice talking to somebody that she says that sounds familiar, not as familiar as all the people around her, but familiar enough. And then this guy comes around and he, his voice is familiar and it's her cousin. So I'm pretty sure it's him. And she, he's pretty persistent about making Trist leave. So he knows yeah. what's about to happen. Yeah, he's, exactly. I, I, I think I... I didn't totally realize agree. you were going to be here. He seemed really shocked that he met family there. And so I have a feeling that's that's another one of the reasons he's persistent on Tris leaving. He's like, I really like my cousin, but I need to get her out of here because I know some bad things are about to happen. I really don't want her to get hurt. I feel it. I'm feeling that. Definitely. I, I love that you assume that he liked her. <laughs> well... I don't think that's an assumption. Trish says that he's always been kind to her before. So I would assume that he likes her because he's kind to her when everyone else in her family was not. Yeah, I got the impression that he was the only person in her family who was nice to her. And Mm -hmm. thus he's the only person in her family that she likes. That's the reason that she calmed down at first because she was getting angry seeing him and then she looked into his eyes and was like, you know what? I'm not needing to get mad at this guy because yeah, he's in my family, but he was not part of the reason that I got tossed aside. It was two years before she got sent off. Mm -hmm. I think is when uh, the last she saw him. So I don't think it's too big an assumption to think that he actually cares for her. I think even if it's not specifically caring about her maybe he feels that familial she's family i probably don't want her in harm's way regardless of how i felt about her i've always taken it as more of it's family therefore you have to care about them in most social settings if you don't play nice with your family then there's something wrong with you 
that's kind of how I always took it. It's he's playing nice because it's family rather than an actual giving a shit. I agree with you to an extent, but I, I felt like he actually cared about her. I kind of want to counter that statement with he comes from a family that clearly doesn't believe that considering the way they treated Triss. But because she doesn't really talk about it, we don't know how outward appearance were. Mm. Obviously, they are all like, we don't want to fucking deal with her. But there is also that they, I don't know, her father outright told a stranger that they didn't want her back. I don't feel like saying, oh, we're going to put on a front saying that we care about her, but everyone in the family actually knows something. He told a stranger that he didn't want her anymore. So I don't think. I think we're just going to have to keep on going and find out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, When you guys are making predictions, Indy and I are over here going, don't look, don't look. Yeah, we're trying to avoid eye contact. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. I'm like, I don't know if you guys are just playing devil's advocate over there, or <laughs> you know. I'm like, hmm, try not to let on how much you know. You may never know. <laughs> <laughs> I, we will eventually well, when we I finish mean, the book. Eventually, yeah. If we keep reading the book, that is fair. That is very fair. <laughs> then we'll see what's what. Well, what else did you like or dislike about this chapter? We've talked about this time and time again, but I really like this part. After Rose Thorne leaves, Triss is thinking to herself, all this time she hadn't thought Lark and Rose Thorne were as powerful as Nico and acknowledged Great Mage. She had assumed that their magics were smaller because they were centered around such ordinary things. Maybe she needed to think again. And we've talked time and time again about how you don't make a judgment about somebody until you get to know them. They could be totally different than what you had thought originally. And that points to that yet again. And I think that even involves like the four kids' power too, because mm-hmm. they aren't regular magic. It's a different type of magic. And it might not be as, I, I guess, grand, but it, it seems to be more powerful than mm-hmm. some regular magic too. I think it's more powerful because it's less grand. The fact that it comes out of mundane things is what gives it its power. That to mine is everybody has magic and it's the idea that no matter how small it's still important because green witches aren't necessarily considered important even though like that's crops stitch witches aren't considered all that important but they're the ones that make blankets they're the ones that make clothes they make bandages they're little things that you don't think necessarily are important but without it life would be hell to me it kind of seems like they're um, very necessary things mm-hmm. like very it, essential and sometimes you kind of take that for granted mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of what we're going through right now and what we've been going through with covid which makes me even happier that you specifically use the word essential because yeah when it has come down to it and everybody needs to quarantine except essential workers, the people who are considered essential are very often people who work the mundane jobs that get shitty pay and that we don't think about like grocery store clerks. And like, I have 
a friend who works in a grocery store and she was talking about the difficulty of things like getting masks and protections like the the plastic shield for the clerks at the store where she works we don't think of them as important but in the long run they're more important i just want to give a shout out to our people who work in sanitation yes because they always get shit on they it's always been oh well you don't want to grow up and be a trash man they have always been essential because otherwise we'd be rolling around in our own filth right now. So shout out to the people in sanitation. Just you guys are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Imagine not getting your trash picked up for a month. We have that because we live out in the boonies and we don't have trash runs. We have to go take it to the dump ourselves. So we personally know how much it sucks. Those are my essential workers that I appreciate more and more every fucking day. <laughs> For me, it's educational parapros and preschool workers. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, preschool and daycare workers. Oh my god! If it weren't for them, I I don't know what I'd be doing right now since I'm still working as a teacher. Like teachers don't get paid much, but daycare and preschool workers and educational parapros they get paid less. And their work is often harder because they're working with smaller kids or more needy kids. And also the custodians and maintenance and bus drivers. Because I wouldn't want to do those jobs. No. I really wish my care workers got paid a lot more because they have taught my daughter a lot more than what I have taught her. And she comes home and like, I didn't know you knew that. Good job daycare workers. And they get paid shit. That's what I was going to say. I am. I feel sometimes. It sounds shitty when I say it like this, but our preschool, especially and daycare workers, they spend a lot of time with our kids and they teach our kids a lot. Ultimately, that is fundamental as far as like teaching social interactions because you have more than one kid and you can't necessarily do social training at home with just like parents and a kid they are beyond fundamental in my opinion so they they deserve so much more than what they get oh yeah yeah. for for me i think teachers and because that that really is the fundamental building block for the next generation that's where it starts. It sucks that schools are getting less and less funding each year. And that is literally teaching the next generation. It's incredible to think that you can defund stuff like that. How are you going to have a functioning society without people that are intelligent, well-rounded individuals? And that comes through being taught stuff at school. Not that I'm saying that everything they teach in school nowadays is great i think it could be better but you know it seems to be getting progressively worse and through no fault of the teachers obviously but just what's being passed down through the government it's it's just kind of hard to bear and watch that happen easier for control and manipulation that way Uh, that's that's true i have a lot of things about government mandated curriculum 
had a lot of feelings about that. And I really we should don't probably want to save go that on. for another day. Or you could post it on your page on our website. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Be sure to let us know. <laughs> yeah, India's not going to go on that tangent. We got lots of feelings today. What did y'all like or dislike about this chapter? I liked the part where Nico blinded Tris. That was fun. That's it. That's all I got. But why did you like it? Oh, why? Oh, because it was funny. <laughs> Hilarious. Mine is very similar to Goodwin's. It just amuses me. Where Briar's like, he dresses like a bag. I like his glitter. Just that phrase. I like his glitter. Tugs on the ear. I also enjoy all of Briar's vernacular. His entire <laughs> vocabulary is very interesting to listen or to, to read. There are some words I feel that need to be brought back into the vernacular, but I really think we should start referring to jewelry in some senses as glitter. As an amateur linguist, and probably even before that, I have always enjoyed dialect in stories. So I really like that she brings in the traitor talk and then the thieves can't. And so they all kind of have different languages and dialects that reflect their cultures. You could tell she put a lot of thought into it. That is one of the hardest things is when you're working on a language for your own book. You can pull stuff from other sources. You can have it based in something, but it's always so hard to come up with your own language. My part of this chapter is Tris teaching Briar how to read because it's adorable and I love the two of them and their friendship. And also I love to read. So there's something about passing on this passion to someone else. I thought it was really cute him listing out all the stuff that starts with that letter. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love how excited he gets about it. Biggie, that one's Briar. <laughs> every, every time the letter B comes up, he's like, hey, that's mine. That one's my letter. <laughs> and I think on some level, it probably goes back to, there's probably a little bit of nostalgia in it for me. I'm sure that when I was a kid, that's how I felt about the letter M. That's how Malia feels about the letter M. She's constantly telling me, Mommy, Malia starts with M. And Mommy does oh. too. Like, <laughs> she sure does. Good job. It's a good letter. I'm fond of my two so much that I've omitted the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all you need. I'm with Brian. Okay, part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the story. Did any of you find a theme or a message in this chapter? Indy looks excited. I was waiting to see if anybody else jumped on it. Oh, well. Um, Go for it. I was going to say we kind of touched on it with Brittany's liking of the the comments of she Tris thinking that Rose Thorne and Mark weren't as powerful as Nico. It's kind of become recurring that little things 
have big consequences or big reactions. Tris saved the bird. There's no reward in that. It's a little thing, but at the same time, it's a big. My theme that I got is little things are important. (laughs) I, I guess I'll go. There's a word I'm looking for, and it starts with a D. And I looked it up, and then I forgot what it was. But it, <laughs> nice that, that was the theme. It, it's like some somewhere around like dedication, a diligence, because you see um, Tris constantly feeding the birds. She's mm. focusing on doing that, and kind of see it with Briar too. You know, he's working on his stuff, but he's also still putting the work in to learn the alphabet. He's just kind of being diligent and trying to do the best that he can. And I kind of see that with Nico as well, realizing that all the scrying stuff is broken. He immediately leaves to try and find out what happened. Because knowing the future is kind of important and being diligent about it is part of that. My theme is kindness. Because Rosethorn helps Triss to teach her how to take care of the bird. And in turn, Triss helps Briar, teaching him how to read and helps the bird. And Rosethorn and Triss are both very prickly people, but in this chapter, they both show a lot of heart and kindness to the creatures around them. And then Lark is very kind to Sandry. There's the whole part where she's like, oh, I scared the novices. And she's like, ah, they need a little bit of scaring every once in a while. <laughs> uh, I don't know if saying she takes the time to, like, make sure that Sandry's being cared for emotionally, because it's not something that really takes a lot of time. But she's thinking about that, caring for Sandry's emotions here, because she knows that this is something new for her, and it's going to be difficult. Even, like, Amory... We see that theme a little bit because he's the one who's always been kind to Triss. I think him telling her, you should go back and see your father, is him attempting kindness, but not succeeding at it because in that case, he's not taking into account Triss's emotional state and her emotional needs theme that I found and he kind of touched on a little bit about family we live in a society where parents or family are always meant to be respected and revered even when they do terrible things even if we have to put our feelings aside people expect us to do that because it's family you should put your feelings aside just so you can be with family and in this chapter when Sandry's uncle is visiting her we already said that he told her, oh, your parents were very selfish. Their lives didn't really mean much. And she felt bad, but she agreed with him because that was basically the case. They didn't allow her to do the things that she wanted to and made her feel like that she couldn't truly be herself around them. And then we also see that with Trish's parents as well. Her father told a stranger outright that he didn't want to see her again. And now her cousin is saying, oh, you should forgive them and go see him again. And just how is she supposed to forgive something like that? Even if it is family, you know, they don't always deserve 
to be forgiven when they have treated her like garbage, even if it is family. I have experienced this a little bit in life just because family, I feel bad for those kind of people. Go ahead, Indy. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. I have said both of my this episode, everybody has magic and the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Yes. Bam. So, mine was kind of a sad theme when y'all's were kind of more uplifting. <laughs> no, but that theme is actually really important because we do see that in the chapter and kind of throughout the whole series, if I can just go ahead and throw that out there, is family is important. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't just immediately forgive them and fall back into open arms. Yeah. Because, yes, they're human. Yes, people make mistakes. But if family is supposed to be the end-all, be-all of relationships, then why do people treat their family like that? It's not fair. It's not right. That's why, again, the people that you choose can be more important than family. And I don't think it's touched on enough in any kind of media. It's always projected that family is this big thing. One of the reasons I love this series is because of the fact these four got brought together by chance. And <coughs> they have such a strong bond and they make their own family that is a very important thing good on you (laughs) I feel like you shouldn't have to throw away the respect that you have for yourself to show respect for somebody else that doesn't show that for you to me I think for the series with that found family theme it goes back to the idea of craft magic so we have this running theme of magic is something it isn't just something like you have it's something you create you craft it or maybe it it exists everywhere but you take it and you shape it and as we have said a million times really the most powerful magic in this book is friendship and and they craft their friendship so those two things sort of mesh into one another maybe the next round of t-shirts I make shouldn't say everyone has magic or the power of friendship maybe they should say the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb (laughs) that's my life motto I feel those those two things are my life motto everyone has magic and I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Step three is reading like a mage. This is where we take the text and use it to try to craft magic in our own lives. What magic can you craft out of this text? Mine is going back to Duke Vidris when he tells Sandry... I loved your parents, but they were useless. And she's like about to say something and he holds his hand up and he's like, no, let's be honest here. They were useless. To me, this points to, it's important to see what those who have come before you have done wrong, even if you love them. So I think Vidris is able at this point to say, I really did love these people. I care for them a lot, but I can also recognize the ways in which they're flawed. I'm a writer. And so for me, that goes, that goes into writing. This is a while back, but there's a YouTube video somewhere of Patrick Rothfuss at a convention. And somebody asks him, like, what do you think is one of the biggest problems in fantasy fiction today? And he's like, representation. He is in that clip specifically talking about the representation of women. And he says, even granddaddy Tolkien, and I love me some Tolkien, had this mistake. And he says, who here has read The Hobbit? And a bunch of people raise their hands. And then he says, who hasn't realized until now that there are no women in The Hobbit? Isn't that kind of creepy? I tell people this story sometimes and they jump to defend it. And what I like about it is... I don't feel like he's saying Tolkien is a bad person or like you shouldn't read Tolkien. 
to me, the message is, yeah, if you like Tolkien, that's great. Read Tolkien, but also recognize that his work is flawed so that when you are writing, you don't make the same mistakes that he did so that you don't perpetuate the same problems. And it's interesting talking about that reading Pierce because when you read Pierce, I think these issues possibly come up more in her other series than in this one but you run into her flaws, like her very first series that she wrote back in 83 has some like white savior issues going on in it. And I love those books and I love those characters. And it's really great that she wrote them because she helped with the representation of women. And so for me, I want to be able to say like, okay, I like these books and I appreciate them. And I recognize their importance historically, but I also can see their flaws. And so hopefully when I write, I can avoid those same mistakes. So maybe we can like all build on one another and as a society get better. Yeah, you can still love someone, but still be aware of their flaws. You know, like you said, it's very, um, it's important. I'm trying to think of another example. Sorry, I'm going to have to look it up because I feel really dumb not knowing this guy's name. The Call of Cthulhu guy. Oh, yeah. It's Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraft. Like, him was, as a person. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. He was a absolute piece of trash. Like, total piece of shit. Super racist. But you can still kind of appreciate some of the interesting stories that he created. You just have to be aware that a, a lot of it was kind of fucked up too. Yeah. And even with like J.K. Rowling. Yeah. You know, as a more modern example, like mm-hmm. you can still, you know, try to appreciate some of what she's written, but be aware that she is also trash. Well, I guess I will go. I, I'll be honest. I kind of got dragged into uh, Molly's thing, and I forgot what my theme was. <laughs> Just straight up forgot what it was. It was nothing as poignant as what you had. Mine kind of touches on Brittany's theme, but it's basically self-care and care of others. You see it with Lark trying to take care of Sandry, make sure she's doing well, and then got Tris with the bird and Rose Thorne is helping. You have to take time to take care of others grow those bonds and become someone you would want to depend on i need to learn how to be more there so i think that's kind of one of those things for me is sometimes i don't think to reach out to people and talk to people because i get so caught up in my own stuff and it's hard to see past what's in front of you and right now us being in quarantine we're not around each other and it's harder in a sense to reach out and take care of others because it's pretty easy to do it in person if you see someone's upset oh you can give them a hug they don't have to say anything you can tell that they're upset it's harder right now because we are having to rely on FaceTiming or text, it's not the same. And so 
sometimes I personally need to remember, and I think other people also need that reminder to check in and take care of other people because they might not say that they need it, but at least be there for when they do. And you also have to take care of yourself. And that has to tie in with the, you don't have to forgive somebody that you're not ready to forgive. Like, you can't let that anger control you, but you also don't have to offer that forgiveness. So There's a difference between forgiving and letting go. Yes. Holding on to the grudge isn't good because you're poisoning yourself, mm-hmm. but you also don't have to tell the person, like, all is forgiven, we're good, because yeah. you're not. And maybe you shouldn't yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so mine is going back to Goodwin's like of where Nico blinds Tris. What I got out of it was that I get so caught up in worrying about myself that I don't pay attention to things that's going on around me. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I have it really bad. And then not seeing all these other things around me and not realizing, oh crap, other people probably have it worse than I do. Uh, I'm not trying to say that my problems aren't there, but I could always have it way worse and I could try to help those people as well. Just trying to be aware of what other people are going through. Exactly. I really like that you said, remember other people's problems and maybe look at how I can help them. Because it's that whole helping others makes you feel good thing. I would sing the song from Avenue Q, but I don't remember it. (laughs) When, When the quarantine first started, my church started this program to deliver meals to people who were high risk in our community. So if you're older or you have health complications or something that really makes it necessary for you to self-quarantine, then you can contact us and we will deliver some food to your house. And hopefully that means you don't have to leave quite as much. And I volunteered to be a delivery person for this. So every couple of weeks, I'd go and they'd give me a list with a handful of addresses and some bags, and I'd go and drop them off. And there was one day that it took me a long time because I wasn't familiar with the area. And so I was like driving around in circles going, I don't know how to get to this address. But after I'd done it, I felt so good. And it it didn't take a whole lot out of my day and it wasn't a whole lot of effort. And I just, my mood had gone up so much just because like I got to see people's smiling faces. (laughs) I'm going to lean back so they can't see me. I'm just going to break the chair down here to, to the basement. I've got one. I I don't know if it makes, doesn't affect me personally too much. Because like you guys know, I don't get very mad about stuff. But when Tris got, you know, upset talking to her cousin and, you know, saying, oh, we should, you know, visit your father, go back. She took 
some time to just take some deep breaths and just relax, just calm down, think things through. Like she was angry at the moment, thinking of all the stuff that her parents had put her through, but realizing that that anger wasn't really directed at the person giving her the message, taking time to think things through before things get out of hand, I guess. Something that I think a lot of people can use just in general. Not not trying to, you know, point fingers at anybody, y'all are... <laughs> You're not pointing the finger, I am. Yeah, I, I was going to say, no one else can see this. Most of y'all are pointing at yourselves, but I mean, it's. I think it's good for everyone to know. Sometimes you get kind of irrationally mad at something and realize that maybe it's not directed at the person. Sometimes you just have a bad day and something small might kind of trigger you into being upset but realize that it's not at that person or at the situation you're in right now. Maybe it's a culmination of things that happened before and just kind of breathe, slow it down and think things through. Yeah. When I read these books as a kid, I think the character I identified with most was probably Tris. She wears glasses. She likes to read and she has a very short temper. At times I have a very short temper. At times People have told me I'm very patient. So I think for me, it depends a lot on the circumstance. Right. Uh, But when I lose my temper, I fucking lose it. I am Tris, lightning in the hair, tornadoes in the street. (laughs) It's bad. So maybe it's good that I'm going to witness Tris's journey again. Help me remember how how to control my temper. And I think it shows a lot of personal growth for her, too just as a character. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's excerpt time. Yay. This is an excerpt from Triss's book, chapter six. Triss shut her eyes and inhaled, creating stillness within. Her mind leaped free of her body, grabbing air as it rushed by. Down she spilled, riding the wind as it flowed over the torn ground, leading from the south gate to the sea. She sped along the water, foam-topped waves tickling her belly. Soaring up, she dove in and slammed into a glass-smooth wall. Hissing in fury, the wind Triss thumped the obstacle and raced back to shore. Finding a stronger gust, she rode it straight at the mast to smash into its glassy front. She skidded up its length, expecting to slide a long way. True storm clouds would rise at least three miles into the air. Instead, at a most unstorm-like height of less than a mile, she zipped over a hump of some kind. She slid over the hard roof on the mass for two miles or so, feeling no breaks or entrances under her. Riding with her fellow breezes, unable to drop to the sea and get comfortable, she circled, balked as a cat who just lost a mouse. Her trip back to shore was shorter by a hair than the trip out. The thing, whatever it was, was rolling forward slowly. When it reached the land, would it tell her where she could blow there too? A dog's shrill yapping broke her concentration. Triss was jerked from the wind back into her own mind. You again. Look, you shouldn't be here. It was the tall, thin guard of the night before. His partner stood nearby, a crossbow in one hand. Little Bear's collar in the other. A pup barked and struggled to get free. A pirate scout was reported in this cove this afternoon. The man continued. Tonight, the guards wore battle gear, helmets and leather jerkins studded with metal rings, scarlet tunics that fell to mid-thigh, and heavy sandals. No visitors allowed. And can't you make your dog shut up? No, 
said Triss flatly. She pointed at the storm. Does that look normal to you? It's a storm, replied the woman guard. We could use the rain. If that's a storm, then I'm Duke Vidris, snapped Triss. Storm clouds reach up for miles. Those aren't high enough even for an afternoon squall, the guards traded looks. Am I a mage or am I not, yelled Triss. Puffs of wind teased her hair, tugging the kerchief from her head and sending it flying off the wall. Last night I was a mage and so were my friends. Now either I'm a mage and you ought to listen to me or you handled us wrong last night. Which is it? Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I forgot about, can you make your dog shut up? No. No. Not important. It's really not. That's not what matters right now. Fuck off. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.